0: You're listening to The Photography Show. This is episode number 21 for July 4th, 2011. This chain letter has film in it. Hey everybody, welcome back once again to yet another episode of The Photography Show. My name is Ted Forbes. We are without Wade, unfortunately, today, but that's okay. I'm going to sit here and chat photography with you, and we're going to talk about all things photo-related and uh, a bunch of stuff. Um, First of all, I kind of wanted to take today to talk a little bit about Holga Projects. And if you have not been keeping up with the show lately, or if you have not been keeping up with my other podcasts that do The Art of Photography, um, we have, uh, for the summer, what we're doing is this thing called Holga Projects. And basically what the deal is, is it's kind of, um, I had a listener actually describe it as a chain letter for photography, and that's exactly what it is. Uh, Basically what we do is uh, I am sending... Holga cameras out all over the world you just sign up and uh, if I can get you on the list I will send you a camera and then basically here's the deal Holga will take, uh, it takes medium format film and you can fit 12 pictures or 12 exposures on that roll of film and so uh, I'm sending them out into groups of three, so there's going to be if you get into a group, there's three people in your group, and uh, if you're the first person, you get the camera in the mail, you will shoot the first four shots, there will be a theme associated, and uh, you can follow the theme, or if you have a better idea fine, that's that's cool too, I'm just giving people a place to start on that um, so anyway, you, you take the theme you go shoot your four shots, then you put it back in the box, and there'll be another label for the next person and you send it off to the next person, and the next person gets it, they shoot their four shots, they send it to the third person. The third person will wash, rinse, and repeat, and then they will send the camera back to me. And basically, I will process the film and I'll go ahead and get it scanned and all. We're going to start putting stuff up on the website. And uh, it's just kind of a big, cool, fun community summer project that we're doing. Now, we are changing the parameters of this a little bit. And here's the deal um, it's very nice to be the victim of your own success. <laughs> it's also very frustrating. And uh, gosh, within 24 hours of posting Holga projects, um, I had over 100 people that were interested, and it tapered off a little bit, but I am, I guess, proud and very frightened to announce that we are up over 500 people now that want to participate in Summer Holga projects, which is cool, but here's the deal, I want to find a way to accommodate everybody, and so, first of all... Um, one thing I didn't consider when I started this was the fact that we were doing this over the summer and since I'm sending cameras all over the world in the northern hemisphere anyway it is very warm and people are going on vacation and in Europe uh, they're very lucky and make me very jealous and they take long vacations and know how to live their lives and things like we don't in the US we like to work a lot and um, Anyway, so uh, (laughs) the problem is, is sending people cameras when they go out of town and stuff, uh, it slows the process down somewhat, and we've tried to work around that a little bit, and people send me dates, they're going to be away and stuff, but still it's slow. I've also found that the post office isn't the most fast thing in the world. It costs a fortune to overnight a camera to somebody. It's more affordable to do just regular first class mail uh, overseas, but it takes a good week, sometimes two weeks, to get to its destination. So that's been a problem too. So the first thing I'm going to do to change the parameters, Here on the summer Holger projects, I really would like to get to everybody, and I'll explain why in a second. but what I'm going to do is go ahead and extend this. So it's going to be kind of open-ended. I'm going to stop calling it the Summer Holger Projects. It could take a year to get through. I don't know. Now, the idea is to culminate all this into a book. And obviously, with if you had every one of the 500 people who signed up participate, and those who haven't even signed up yet, um, it may be more than one book. Um, but we're going to figure out a way to do this. And I don't know if it's going to be something we do on Blurb or if I'm going to try to find a publisher to do this or something like that. But... I'm going to back up and kind of talk about what the original intent of Holger Projects was, and I'm going to back way up. Um, For those of you who watch the video podcast that I do, I started that back in 2008 in the fall, and there were several reasons I wanted to do it. One, I thought there was kind of a hole and a void uh, at that time. There are a lot more photography podcasts and web broadcasts and things now, but at the time there wasn't a whole lot, and there definitely weren't any that were really good, and I thought that I had something to offer there. And the other reason I did it, is because I really wanted to get into a process of doing video and kind of something with an episodic format and things like that. And it really just started as just this vehicle. I didn't expect any success on it or anything, just to improve my own chops and what I was able to do. And, and... If, if you're listening and you've ever had the experience of teaching, um, I teach at a community college uh, and teaching is a really wonderful thing for me. Uh, it can be frustrating at times but the really, the cool thing about teaching and what I like the most about it is it really makes you streamline your process because you have to explain it to somebody else and there's something just amazing about that. It makes me better. It makes the student better um, and, and that kind of interaction with other people which we don't get online on the computer very much is really important. Um, so anyway, so Zoom up, a few years Uh, the podcast actually got successful which I'm very proud of and uh, you know here's the deal is when you do a podcast or really a blog or anything internet related um, you know you look at your stats and your statistics and you see these numbers and you know okay here's these numbers and these people are listening to the show and these numbers start to grow and it really gets exciting and it gets cool Um, but the first experience that I had that made those numbers turn into real people was a year ago almost Um, I was in London and I went for, uh, I was speaking at Tate Modern about cell phone usage, it was a museum thing that I was working on, and uh, anyway, I got invited to come speak, and, and I was over there, and I knew that I had a lot of listeners uh, from the UK, and I thought, well, you know, maybe this would be a great opportunity to do a meetup, and we did a meetup, and it was so awesome. Um, it was a weird time, we did it at, like, I think we met up in the morning on a Friday, and so, you know, it was hard for people to get out of work, there wasn't a whole lot of notice, and I still had, I mean, I guess we had 20 or so people show up, and there are people that I still communicate with via email and and you know leave comments with on Flickr and stuff it was a lot of fun but for me what was really cool is for the first time it translates those numbers into actual physical people with personalities and and cool things to share and they're awesome and it really was fun and so that communal aspect of it and and that's the hard thing about anything that's broadcast related whether it's television whether it's internet uh radio is that uh, actually you know it's a one-way conversation here I am having a monologue to you about this stuff and uh, you know that, that that's cool, but what really makes it worth it for me, and I guess this is kind of selfish, is, is in a way, is that when you get that community involvement. But I think it's good for the listeners too to to realize that there's other people that are into the same things that they're into, and that they can have that conversation with, and 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 form that bond, and I think that's really, really important, um, and so that was kind of the first thing, and then the second thing is when later on we started this show, um, I started with my, my long friend Wade, who's just a good guy, and I've known him forever, and uh, he's hilarious, obviously, and if you listen to the show, you know him, um, and Wade and I were doing, uh, you know, we we're trying to kind of formulate some of the programming that we wanted to do on the show, and some of the things we wanted to talk about, and we did an episode a while back on personal projects. And, you know, not everybody who listens to this show wants to be a pro photographer or make their living at it, but I think everybody does share the common goal that we all want to be better at it. We want to be good, and it's something that we love, and it's part of who we are, and it's, uh, you know, whether it's a hobby or a vocation or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You, you I don't think there's any difference in how serious uh, a serious amateur is or a serious professional. I mean, it's just, just one happens to make his living doing it, or her living. Um, so anyway, so we started the show, we were talking about personal projects, and we thought that was a great topic because it really hit everyone that would be um, you know a listener on the show. And I think it's really important no matter what you're doing is to keep those personal projects alive. Um, whether you're a hobbyist or whether you're a professional, again, if you don't know this, I mean, this is a common problem that, that I think we all have, is trying to stay fresh, stay motivated, stay inspired, stay into it. Uh, you know, I talk about Seth Godin a lot on the show. I've read his books. He has a book called The Dip, and this is part of The Dip. And I'll explain The Dip, I would read the book it's it's a short book it's inexpensive to buy and you can read it in like a day but it's filled with some really interesting observations about talent time and how this all fits together and I am going to bring this into Holker Projects don't worry Um, so anyway what the dip is is like you know when you start doing something and so whether it's you know you you pick up the guitar or you or you start to you know take photos or whatever hobby it is you're you're into sports um, there's something about it right when you begin that gives you an indication that one you enjoy it and two that you're actually have a little bit of natural talent for it and so let's bring this back to photography everybody remembers when they start out I remember when I started out um, you take a couple pictures and you get some results back and they're pretty cool and you realize hey I can do this and maybe you know your friends and your family comment on they're like oh wow you, you really have a knack for this you can do this and so it becomes obviously this startup passion if you will and so you realize this is something you enjoy you want to do more of it Then the dip begins. That's like this little peak, and then you dip way down, and then you realize that there's a lot of work ahead of you. Uh, Kind of some of that newness and that buzz wears off, and there's nothing wrong with this, Um, but that's just the reality of it. Then you begin the dip, and the dip goes way down, and it takes a long time to get back up at that and you know you can have spurts and you can have little peaks and stuff but anyway you have this resistance and whether or not the goal at the end of this dip when it comes back up is just to be better or whether it's to make a living at it or whether it's to be successful or it's whether it's to start selling your photos and galleries or whatever that is uh it's that journey coming back up into that and so you have this dip and this is uh, you know i think it's particularly important because a lot of times it's hard to stay motivated and it's part of this process of leaning into that. And Wade and I were both agreeing at the time that we still do that personal projects are, Really important part of this because it's one thing just to go randomly find things to shoot or to set small goals for yourself. Like, oh, I have an idea for this shot, so I'm just going to do you know, and you end up with one or two pictures, uh, you know, from the project. But projects and series that are more involved, or maybe this is something that you know, um, you know I'm trying to think of something specifically. Like you've seen the 365 project on Flickr, probably, where you know it's kind of this weird project where people take a photo every day for a whole year, and how hard that really is to do, even though it's just one photo a day. Uh, no matter the weather they're good they're bad whatever it is but that's an interesting project because it keeps you moving Uh, the problem i have with 365 is i mean it's nothing wrong with it but uh, for me it's not really honed in or driven you're just taking an image a day and so wade and i were talking about you know what you could do with projects to extend this and you know kind of one of the things we were talking about randomly in there is you know the holga camera and the holga is a camera that is made in China in the 80s. They can of came out, and they're still made today, and they're fairly inexpensive. The whole thing's made out of plastic. It's very crude. Um, the controls that you have on it are very minimal, but the shots that you get, I mean, there was kind of a resurgence, I guess, probably late 80s, early 90s, um, of photographers that were shooting on toy cameras, namely the Holga, and, and probably more popular at that point, uh, a camera called the Diana that was made in Japan uh, in the, oh, probably 70s, 80s. Uh, and because they have very crude single element, meniscus lenses that you know that are all different Uh, they're like thumbprints no two are alike you get kind of these weird blurs and aberrations and things in the photo that kind of give it this really cool dreamy artistic quality at times And, but still, I think the, the I mean, you can certainly take a Holga and do that, and I have, um, and it's a lot of fun, but I think what's more important about it is that you're going to learn so much with those limitations on it. Uh, If you compare something that's really cheap, like the Holga, to something that's very expensive, uh, you know, a top-of-the-line Canon or Nikon that you can get now, um, they have all these automatic metering and controls in there that, that, you know, allow you to just go shoot photos and concentrate on composition, things like that, but you're really not learning much about photography than that you're not your your range is limited if you just shoot in automatic modes all the time same thing with point and shoot cameras so for instance you never learn you know, when you would want something to look slightly underexposed or when you would like something to look bright and blown out and when that's appropriate because you really can't do that when the automatic meter is is keeping you from doing that. Or, you know, uh, for those of you who, who develop your own film in here, there's a lot of techniques we've talked about on the other podcast with the zone system that Ansel employed and things like that where you can actually expand and contrast or expand and contract uh, your development time on your film to get effects with contrast. So you either want lower contrast or higher contrast. Anyway, those are all things you learn now these are technical details. They don't really have a lot to do with composition or, or getting a off-the-cuff spur-of-the-moment photo, but they are techniques that you you know employ to um, fulfill that vision. It's kind of the other side of it, and they're very important too. Now, how could Possibly the Holga, with its limitations, you know, be something you could learn from. Well, the Holga, what's what's cool about it is you have a fixed shutter speed, okay? So when I fire the shutter, I have no control over slowing that down or speeding it up. You have, um, and for a long time, the Holga's had this switch on the top that was the aperture switch. You had selection of two apertures, and basically it was a sunny and a cloudy. And I think they've come down to measuring that out as the aperture is either f13 or f16 it's somewhere in there well the early holgas there was nothing connected to the switch it was a complete farce i mean you'd switch it and actually if you took the camera apart and looked in nothing happened so it was a fake switch they've changed that the the holgas that i bought for holga projects um that are made now. I bought just buy them off of Amazon. Uh, they do have an aperture collar in there that does switch, so you you actually do have some aperture control. But either way, it's a limitation. Even if you have that switch working, it's still only you know two options for aperture, and the third thing that you do have some control over is the iso or how sensitive the film is so you could put different film in so if you wanted to shoot in really low light you could put 3200 speed film in there and even push process it to 6400 and shoot in low light or if you're going to shoot in the sun you probably want 100 film in there so you do have some control there but that's the cool thing is you have control over that one parameter as far as exposure goes so this impacts how you're going to shoot, what you're going to shoot, things like that, because you're going to need to kind of calculate this in your head. Now, I will say this too: it's really hard to mess up on the Holga because it ends up having that artistic quality. Go blow a photo out, shoot it in sunlight that's way too bright. It'll it, it, there's a chance that it's going to come out really cool either way. But if there's something in your head that you're trying to pre-visualize, um, I found that the Holga challenges that and it makes you think about it. So, for instance, uh, you know, if I'm shooting. F- you know uh film that's rated at 400 ISO that's my you know sensitivity rating there um and I'm shooting outside if I'm shooting into bright sunlight but I want a certain exposure I know that I need to do something to bring that light down well I may not have that option on my personal Holga it, I don't have that aperture ring in there and so um you know what can you do well one thing you can do is you can get a neutral density folder filter that folder a neutral density filter that will knock the light down a few stops and using a light meter, you can kind of start to find ways to control some of these things. Uh, you can also, uh, because it has a hot shoe on the top, you can rig it up to shoot strobe lights. I have a friend who's a uh, professional photographer that uh, he did some portraits of a CEO for a company, and they wanted something kind of different and offbeat. And I remember him telling me, and I'd, I'd like to get him on the show sometime. It wasn't Wade. It was another my friend Ray. And uh, he ended up setting up full strobes and everything, but shooting the, sh- the uh, doing the photo session on a Holga and it gave a really interesting look. But he didn't want it to be too arty or too blown out, so he did need to control it somewhat. <clears throat> so he kind of went into some of those, uh, just some of that thought process behind that and what goes into that. So anyway, so that's that's why the Holga. Um, You know, there's a couple reasons why we're doing this project, and that's definitely one of them, is that, that, you know, uh, the is going to force you to think differently. Um, There's no zoom on the Holga. Uh, There's no zoom lens. Composition is really raw. And so it's going to force you to do things like, for instance, if you decide that you want to go shoot landscapes on your Holga, um, it's going to force you to really think about what really is going to make that a better picture, not just zooming in and finding whatever kind of composition from where you're standing right there spur of the moment is going to be best it's going to force you to go move your body and move your feet and go find a point of view that's interesting or uh, you know a a view where the lighting is doing something interesting and and it's going to force you to start thinking in those terms now you probably won't get a lot of that out of the Holga projects because you'll get a camera in the mail and you'll get four shots off But, but I want you to get that experience of it and you know nothing is stopping people from buying their own Holgas and trying this in fact that's the second thing I want to do with this project project is um Open this up, and I'll make a more formal announcement because kind of when I bury it into a bunch of dialogue on the shows, they tend to disappear sometimes. But um, if you want to get your own Holga and shoot your own shots, and I even give you a theme if you would like, we'll figure a formal way to do that. Just send me an email for now. If I get a lot of emails, sometimes they're hard to keep up with, but I, I try to respond. So uh, you know, you're gonna have to be a little patient with me. Um, however, um, if you want to get your own Holga and submit photos for the book, that's great too. I'd be happy to take them. Unfortunately, we can't use them all probably, but uh, you know, we will. See what we can do. There's nothing to stop you from doing that. Uh, the problem I'm having, obviously, with sending these cameras out is, you know, being slow. Um you know, it's hard to uh, to get those turned around in a decent fashion. So if you don't want to wait and you want to do that. Now, I will say this, too. You might want to be a little bit patient, too, because I am grouping people uh, in terms of region, okay? So there's there's two reasons why I'm doing that. The first is because it'll save you money when you have to send the camera to the next person via the mail. Um, so, for instance, uh, I you know, the other day I sent a camera to three guys, and they were all in the Netherlands. So I grouped them together. So it really wouldn't necessarily first come, first serve so much. But I'm afraid that if somebody in the Netherlands all of a sudden needs to send the Camera to Australia, and it's going to cost them a lot of money. I don't want that to slow the project down. So I'm keeping people kind of grouped. You know, if you're the guy at the end, you got to send it back to me. And unfortunately, there's no way I can, you know, without moving (laughs) do that so anyway um, so that's the way we're going to handle that Um, so I'm grouping people by region so if you live somewhere like for instance uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what I need right now but I think there was I need one more Japan okay so if somebody's in Japan and they send me an email you know I can throw you into a project so that kind of thing so anyway but remember too that the second point of this uh, you know the first part of the project you know I want to talk about is the whole goal of having having a project problem solving composition you know trying to get better on your own And the second part of the project, which I think is probably, to me, more important is that community part of the project. So, for instance, if you want to start your own Holga project, I would be happy to include you in the book, uh, in the website, and all that stuff. And I'll just note that, you know, hey, these guys bought their own Holga and went for it. Um, We're trying to kind of keep it all Holgas just for the sake of continuity. Um, And I know Holgas are not easy to get everywhere. And uh, email me if you have a group of people that you have and you can't find a camera. And we'll see if we can find you one or something, I don't know, maybe if I could find a supplier I could actually sell them myself but we're not there yet, uh, just a thought uh, but anyway, so if you have a group of people that, that would like to do the project uh, in fact I think that's kind of cool because another thing I would like to include as part of the book or part of the website even is if you want, like, especially for the web, if you want, if you have a group of friends and you're all going to be together with this camera, you know, get somebody to make a video of it, get it on YouTube and we'll put it on the website um, if you want to shoot some behind the scenes photos of the actual camera if you want to, you know, don't destroy the camera but if you want to put stickers on it or paint on it or whatever you want to do go for it i don't care um that's the point is to show this community aspect and to to kind of get our heads around that so anyway my whole point is, is if you want to do behind the scenes shots things like that that's kind of cool the other thing you can do is if i if you get into a group and i'm grouping you together rather than mail the camera to the next person if you're in the same city and i'm trying to group them that way and i can with certain areas like i know london i had a lot of them together um uh the u.s i had a lot of texas obviously that's where where i'm located um but try to get together and uh and and hand the camera off rather than mail it you know that that could be a cool idea so there, there's a lot of cool ideas that, that come into play here and the last thing i want to talk about on this <laughs> and i really don't like to do this i mean i know a lot of people like this show because we don't do a lot of sponsor stuff and that's not it's not a conscious choice it's just you know i haven't pursued it and uh, you know we haven't had anybody step up um but I the, the I also don't want to sound too much like public TV where I'm asking people to donate all the time, but I did put a donate page up for this, and the reason is is because I have 10 cameras that I bought and I would like to get at least 10 more, probably 20 more. Um, There's a cost associated with those. They're $30 a piece. And then then we've got the film costs. And then we've got chemicals. And we've got processing. And we've got all the time that goes into this. And all the postage. And uh, talking about being a victim of success, once again, um, those are little things that, you know, hey, when Wade and I mentioned off the cuff, you know, hey, let's do Holga projects. Uh, We didn't really think through those things. And so it is kind of costly. And I am committed to this. And I'm going to make sure it happens. But, donations are nice and i have had a bunch of people donate so far and we've got a little bit of money into this fund for this that we're going to to use for for the book and so i'm asking you that if you if you have and you can name your price i have a paypal donation page set up and so if you go to theartofphotography.tv and i'll put that in the show notes if you're looking at this on the public broadcast website but uh feel free to donate even a couple dollars or whatever's easy, whatever you can afford. Uh, every little bit helps and a special thanks to everybody who's donated so far. Um, it's made this go a little quicker because it's put some money into the, the fund for shipping and things like that. So anyway, if you're interested, please consider donating. The other thing, and I haven't really gotten any feedback cause I haven't thrown this out there yet, but when we actually get into the book, we might even make it a Kickstarter project to see if we can get some money to do this. There's a couple options I have for actually publishing, um, and I know we'll be able to do it. Uh, one option is to do these through some place like Blurb, uh, which do um, basically print-on-demand books. And Blurb, I've had some books of my own stuff made through them. Blurb.com is their website, and they do some really nice quality stuff for their photo books. You you can order just one-offs of these really professionally nicely done bound glossy paper uh, photo books, and you can write and you can put text in there, whatever you want to do. You make the book, um, and that's one way of doing it. I can sell them through the Blurb site. The problem is with Blurb is they're not the most inexpensive things in the world they uh, especially the more pages you put into one it does drive the cost up and the kind of the catch-22 well I guess it's catch-22 the 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 juxtaposition of that is actually trying to find a publisher and getting the book published the downside of that is you could probably get the price point down per book uh, but the the problem with that is that you have to order ten thousand books or something. I mean, you know, it gets crazy like that. So you have to have more money up front, but you can actually save money on on the cost of the book. So, you know, we may do a blur book, but maybe if we did something with Kickstarter or something, it would uh, it would make the project a little different. But anyway, so if you have any feedback on that, feel free to send me an email. I'd love to I'd love to get thoughts on that. I've had a couple people in the Flickr forum suggest things like, you know, maybe I could auction off the cameras or sell uh, lottery tickets for them when we're done with the project. And I think that's a great idea, but the problem with that is it doesn't do any funding until the project's way over. And so it, I've got to get from point A to point B, you know, first and second. So, uh, you know, and that's like point C. So, uh, you know, in the timeline of things, you know, we may do that. I think it's a great idea, um, but unfortunately it's uh, it's not going to help in the in the interim and it's a ways off. But, it is a great suggestion we probably will do something like that so you know uh obviously we have a ton of people not enough cameras to go through and i still want to try to find a way to do it so we're going to extend the deadline um and, uh, you know, if you want to submit your own photos, I think that's totally cool, too. But but what I would really try to encourage people to do is try to remember the community side of it. And, you know, we can put behind-the-scenes photos and stuff on the book and the website and things like that. And I think that's what's going to make this project more real. Um, I think the project on its surface, what I'm trying to keep it away from being is just a collection of photos from random people. Um, that's what it is, but the project is way more than that. You know, everybody's kind of... The, you know the, you're signed up to do this because everybody has the mutual uh trait that they listen to the podcast so anyway so uh, yak 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 all this stuff just to say um you know that's where we are on the projects and and all that good stuff so anyway and if you want to donate once again that address to i mean you can go on paypal but the, there's a button for donating and it's on the website so that's on TV, and that's about all i got for today um But think about this, and and even if you, you know, I have way more than 500 listeners. These are just people who have responded, and what's interesting is, you know, you have people that when we have a podcast like this you have a community of people that listen and the amount of people who engage and I can't remember what the numbers that people estimate these are and this isn't just my podcast this is just in general uh, you have people who listen to a show and then the people who actively participate is like 20% and with the numbers that I get on downloads and stuff that seems about right Um, but it's just really interesting because uh, I think we've had a really really good strong response for this and I really am amazed at a couple things you know first of all how you know, just it, it, how nice people are. I mean, I get emails from people. They're signing up for the project. They include notes and things like that. And a lot of people. I mean, obviously, I don't require a portfolio uh, to to get involved. Anybody can do this. Uh, but I have people send me their portfolios and share their images. And I just think it's so cool because all of a sudden it puts a personality with a number and a name and a face, and, and it becomes instead of just a game of you know hits and stuff like that, it's like actual people. And I think that's really cool. And what my goal is is to try to share that experience with people who are listeners too and so you know if you want to do meetups or if you want to do um you know like the holga project or if you want to come up with your own group for the holga project i'm totally uh, encouraging all that because my goal is i really would like to get through everybody who's signed up i just don't know how we're going to do that at this point but um but I'm not giving up, we're going to try it, so, anyway, so that's, that's kind of the, the, the skinny on where we are on the Holga projects and all that stuff, and, uh, you know, hopefully next week, uh, well, hopefully we will make it happen, Wade and I will be back with a regular show with more comedy than when it's just me, and, uh, and tips, tricks, uh, advice, all that good stuff, picks of the week, you know, anything like that. So anyway, um, if you have any questions, send me emails. If you want to sign up for the Holger Projects, feel free to sign up. Uh, just know that there's a lot of people in the queue so far. Uh, remember, please donate if you if you have any extra money you want to put into the project. I would greatly appreciate it. And once again, this is The Photography Show, and thank you for listening.